Welcome back to the Gobble em Up podcast, an official podcast of the Fifth Quarter Network, presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. Now, here's your host, Carter Hill. And hello, Hokies, and welcome in to episode 29 of the Gobble em Up podcast, a part of the Fifth Quarter Sports Network and presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. Do you need a new or pre-owned car? Head on over to Duncan in Blacksburg. I drive a Mazda around town and I absolutely love it. So if you want to shake things up, go get you a Mazda. Duncan will take care of you over there on 460 Business in Blacksburg. You can find some of their new and pre-owned selection of vehicles at DuncanMazda.net. So check them out if you're in the market for a new or pre-owned car. Whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform, we thank you all so much for joining us. And if you're on Apple or Spotify or any other platform that can give us a rating and review, please do so. We would so greatly appreciate it. Our views have gone way up recently, especially in the unique listeners department. So I've been gaining a lot of new listeners. So please go ahead and uh, tell us how we're doing over there. Paul Duncan is my producer. And I'm Carter Hill, your host and a contributor to Fifth Quarter. Reminder to follow us on Twitter at FQ Goblin Up is our Goblin Up podcast Twitter. At FQ Virginia Tech is our Fifth Quarter Virginia Tech Twitter. And my personal Twitter is at CBHill underscore 03. Now, there's been a lot of postponements in a lot of Virginia Tech sports. Women's basketball's been off. Men's basketball's obviously been off. Lacrosse was off this past week. They were supposed to play in Lane Stadium against the JMU, but a postponement in the Dukes program um, postponed that one. But there is still plenty to talk about this weekend. A slate that we have for you today is going to be great, and it's going to include John Tenuta is being added to Virginia Tech football staff as senior defensive analyst, which is a fantastic hire for Virginia Tech. I will tell you why there. We will share Virginia Tech Wrestling's new rankings assigned to them by uh, the, the wrestling poll as we head in towards the ACC championships. So we will go over the new rankings for new rankings for the Hokie wrestlers. Then we will preview Virginia Tech baseball's 2021 season with head coach John Chef. He hops on with us and he will help preview that. Women's hoops is finally back. Men's or women's hoops. We finally got a basketball game at Virginia Tech. We will preview Virginia Tech Syracuse coming up this Sunday at noon on your regional sports network. Before we will look at what's ahead this weekend in Virginia Tech athletics that includes baseball, softball, lacrosse and more so stick around for that um baseball is in action against kent state this weekend we'll go through that softballs had some schedule mix-ups but they uh they got they got some good opponent uh, opponents this weekend so we will go through that and then lacrosse travels to an acc foe as well so we will go through that towards the end of the podcast but we will start off with Virginia Tech football. John Tenuta has been named the senior defensive analyst by head coach Justin Fuente kind of serving in a Jerry Kill type role. He was, I think, I believe he was the uh, assistant to the head coach or special assistant to the head coach. Obviously, Jerry Kill had been a head coach and John Tenuta has not been a full-time head coach before, but man, he has been around. He is the father of Hokies offensive lineman, Luke Tenuta. So there's that connection, but he's he's really been around. Uh, 40-year coaching veteran, 19-year experience as a defensive coordinator, has been with many different programs, 19 different bowl appearances, and coached over 40 players who have gone on to play professionally. Now, I'm going to go through his career here, and actually where he's been, have been has been very anti-hokey. You know, Luke Tenuta obviously is at Virginia Tech, but he has been a lot of places that have played against Virginia Tech quite often, and are actually some of their rivals. And that starts off with where he played his collegiate career. He played at, at Virginia. He was a defensive back for the Cavaliers. He started off as a grad assistant for them in 1981, moved on to Maryland as a grad assistant, um, 
Vanderbilt as their defensive backs coach, Marshall as their defensive backs coach, Marshall as their defensive coordinator, Kansas State as their defensive coordinator, SMU as their defensive backs coach, and later their defensive coordinator, Oklahoma as their defensive backs coach, actually was um, a coach there, I believe Justin Fuente's freshman season at Oklahoma when he was a quarterback there. Uh, moved on to Ohio State as their defensive backs coach, then became the Ohio State defensive coordinator, North Carolina's defensive coordinator, then Georgia Tech's defensive coordinator. Actually served as Georgia Tech's interim coach in 2007 for the Humanitarian Bowl. Um, after I'm trying to think who was their head coach then. Whoever was before Paul Johnson was let go, but I, 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 I can't remember who that was. So my apologies there, but he was the interim head coach for their bowl game. He then moved on to Notre Dame as the assistant head coach and linebackers coach before he was promoted to assistant head coach and defensive coordinator. Then went to NC State as their linebackers coach, was later promoted to assistant head coach under head coach Tom O'Brien there. He was let go. He goes to Virginia as an assistant under Mike uh, Mike London. And then Tenuta heads on, to, uh, he heads off, he heads off back to his alma mater in Charlottesville and becomes the assistant head coach and defensive coordinator for Virginia from 2013 to four, 2013 to 15, excuse me. So he, uh, in that period was 0 and three against the Hokies, obviously took 2016 off, became the safeties coach for Cincinnati in 2017, stayed in that role to 2019 and was spent this past year as a defensive analyst for the Bearcats in their undefeated regular season and peach bowl appearance. He was the safeties coach for Cincinnati in the 2018 military bowl against the Hokies before he now comes over to Blacksburg as the senior defensive analyst at Virginia Tech. So he has been around. I mean, he has been to a lot of ACC schools, a lot of, I mean, you don't often think, I mean, he's the defensive coordinator of Virginia under Mike London. I mean, defensive coordinator at North Carolina, defensive coordinator at Georgia Tech, interim head coach at Georgia Tech, defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, linebackers coach and assistant head coach at NC State. I mean, he's been a lot, a lot of places that Tech plays against. And even like Ohio State and Oklahoma, he's got a lot of clear career accolades early on with his defensive coordinator spot at, you know, at, when he was the defensive coordinator at Marshall and Kansas state really set the tone for his career. So this is a big hire for Virginia tech and Justin Fuente. And, and it may not be, it may not look as he will have a huge role, but whenever you can have this type of type of experience coming into a program, it's huge. Like it really is huge. And to be able to, for, to get him to come in, we saw what Jerry kill really did to Virginia tech. You know what? I guess we really didn't see it, but the word is, you know, how, how much of a help he was to Justin Fuente and coach Fuente really didn't have this, that role, someone in that type of role this past year. And now John Tenuta can really come in and help Justin Fuente. He's been around for quite some time. Um, like we just talked about coached at many different places. So I think he's going to be, be a great fit for Virginia tech and he's going to be very passionate this year. I'm sure with, um, you know, his son, his son at Virginia tech, he, you know, he, I, I really like the hire and I think this is a slam dunk by Justin Fuente. I think he's, for the most, I you know, Daryl Tapp was a tough, tough loss. But for the most part, I think Justin Fuente and Virginia Tech football have have had a very fantastic offseason with the transfers they brought in and the coaching hires. And I think this is a fantastic hire, and I think he will really help this Hokie football program coming up this this upcoming year. How he will, I'm not sure, but I think he definitely will be able to help him out. To help out, you know, with Tracy Clay's leaving, you know, he was really supposed to help out Justin Hamilton. You know, he's he's retired now, so. He leaves as he leaves as linebackers coach, and now you get John Tenuta that comes in. He's been a defensive coordinator at many um, major Power Five schools, like we just talked about. Now he's able to come in and help out Justin Je Justin Hamilton as a defensive coordinator. Ryan Smith as the cornerbacks coach. Jack Tyler, new linebackers coach. I really think this is a fantastic hire by Virginia Tech, and I couldn't be more pleased by it. So, I think Hokie Nation is as well. Seeing reactions on Twitter and everything, I I think this is a big big move for Virginia Tech and. 
you know, I, I think it'll pay off. Hopefully it will. We'll see. Um, obviously we, we don't know yet, but hopefully this will pay off for Virginia Tech. And I think this is a good move. We don't know how much he's getting paid, but he's not in it for the money at this point. You know, he's been around for quite, quite some time, like I've said, three or four times now. And getting to coach his son here, he talked about in the press release multiple times. This was a big draw to him because of that reason. So Virginia Tech adds John Tenuta as a senior defensive analyst to the Hokies football staff. Now on to wrestling. Virginia Tech wrestling has climbed up to the third ranked team in the country. I put something down on Twitter the other day that said, when was the last time a Virginia Tech team has ever been this good? And I was thinking women's soccer went to the Vinyl Four back in 2013. Uh, obviously, football is very good for a long, long time. But the Hokies are the real deal this year. They finished the, undece- the regular season undefeated for the first time since 1956 to 1957. They're, as ranked- they're ranked as high as number two in flow wrestling. But the poll that they use, um, which is the coaches poll, is, yeah, yeah, the National Wrestling Coaches Association has them at number three in the country, which is what they use. ACC, Virginia Tech is number three. NC State is number seven. North Carolina is number 14. Pittsburgh is number 16. And Virginia is number 20. The Hokies took care of all four of those opponents. So seeing them, seeing them as high as number two, that's insane. Um, here's here's your top 10. Iowa at number one. Penn State at number two. Virginia Tech at number three. Michigan, who losses at number four. Missouri at number five. Oklahoma State at six. NC State at seven. Nebraska at eight. Minnesota at nine. And Arizona State at 10. Yeah, this, this is outstanding for Virginia Tech. More uh, individual rankings. This was the first NCAA coaches rankings that came out. Now, this is not the ones that use when you uh, when you see the number next to the graphic on TV, but Makai Lewis and Hunter Bullen were both ranked number one in this poll. Virginia Tech and Iowa are the only two teams with multiple number one wrestlers. And, let, you know, Virginia Tech, obviously they're one of the best teams in the country, but Iowa's probably going to win the national championship. I mean, they're insanely good. They're, they're worst wrestlers, like number nine in the country right now. But really, just fantastic year by Virginia Tech wrestling, and let's hope they can keep it going, bring home an ACC title, and you know, surprise some people at the NCAA's. I'm definitely hoping for that. Um, back to the NCAA coaches rankings. I digress a little bit, but Virginia Tech had four in the top five and five in the top ten, so that's pretty successful there. Here's the rankings that they use um, for the graphics that you will see on TV. Hunter Bowling climbs up to number one in every single poll in Intermat Track Wrestling and Flow Wrestling. So he is now your number one at 184. Makai Lewis, after um, an injury default, after hurting his shoulder, we have not really heard much about that. In the win against the Pitt Panthers in his match loss, first ever loss in ACC, ever first ever ACC loss for Makai Lewis. At 165, he falls to number four in Intermat, which is what they use, five in track wrestling, one in flow wrestling, so he's still there for flow wrestling. Sam Latona is still number five at Intermat, three in track wrestling, and number two at flow wrestling. Again, Intermat is what you're going to see um, the number next to the graphic on when you're watching the Hokies on TV. But I'm really liking these flow wrestling polls. I'll tell you that. Um, some more rankings for the Hokies. Corbin Myers at 133 stays at number seven. Track wrestling has him at eight and flow wrestling at number six. Bryce Donian climbs up to number eight. Intermat number nine in track wrestling. And number 13 in flow wrestling, John Borst at 285. He didn't wrestle last week. He's number 20 at Intermat, 20 uh, for track wrestling and 24 for flow wrestling. And Sam Hillegas, who is not ranked on Intermat, but is ranked in track wrestling at 23 in flow wrestling at 25 and finally well he's at 141 and then finally connor brady who we talked to last week at 157 is not ranked in intermat or flow wrestling but does crack the track wrestling pole at number 33 so a lot a lot of ranked wrestlers for virginia tech wrestling and i'm looking forward to sunday february 28th in raleigh north carolina for the acc championships 
I may be there for that. I may not. We will see. Um, I may be able to be at some uh, some Hokies baseball games, some Virginia Tech softball games. So I'll have some coverage for you there, and we'll see Paul or Lance at either of the if either of them will join us at either one of those, but Virginia tech wrestling go Hokies nine and zero to finish regular season five and zero overall or five and zero in a conference play. Excuse me. They will head to Raleigh in a couple weeks to compete for an ACC title. They've already clinched the ACC dual meet championship which which is pretty much equivalent to an ACC regular season title. It's called dual meet championship because you're wrestling. That's, that's it for, for dual meets you're wrestling. Now you will wrestle individually to, you know, try to get a collective amount of points to win the ACC title and the NCAA championship. So that's it for Virginia Tech wrestling. Now, Virginia Tech baseball, we are here. Hokie ball is finally here. A lot of people are excited about this Virginia Tech team. They were picked six in the ACC Coastal, but I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. And John Sheff, Virginia Tech head baseball coach, felt pretty much the same way. And you'll hear you'll hear that from him in a minute. First pitch for the Hokies. Now, weather pending, we're, we are currently in an icy, frozen Blacksburg, Virginia right now. So we will see what happens there, but currently they are scheduled for their first pitch to uh, be thrown Friday at 4 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra against the Kent State Golden Flash. They will have a three-game set against them in Englishfield at Union Park. Saturday and Sunday, they each play at one. Those will also be televised on the ACC Network Extra. So, of course, right when we're about to release the podcast, Virginia Tech Baseball has postponed Friday and Saturday's games to a Sunday doubleheader. So now the Hokies will be hosting the Kent State Golden Flash starting at 11 a.m. on Sunday. Both will be streamed on the ACC Network Extra. Again, that is a doubleheader, so just two games against Kent State this weekend. So disregard what we say the rest of the podcast uh, about scheduling for Virginia Tech baseball this weekend. Now it's time to preview Virginia Tech baseball in 2021. So we are pleased to be joined by fourth-year head baseball coach John Sheff to preview the Hokies this upcoming season. So we hope you enjoy the interview. It was a lot of fun. I apologize. There was a little bit of a buzzing noise. I don't know why that happened. So please try to bear with us there. But without further ado, here is Virginia Tech baseball head coach, John Sheff. And now back here on the Goblin Up podcast presented by Duncan Mazda in Blacksburg. We are pleased to be joined by fourth year head Virginia Tech baseball coach, John Sheff who's going to hop on with us in preview Virginia Tech baseball in 2021. Coach, thank you so much for giving some time on, on a busy week with, with game to coming up. We, we really appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, so let, let's start it off with this. Um, I want to flash back to, this, to last year a little bit. So March 12th, where were you when you heard the news, and how did you tell your team what was that reaction after? I mean, you know, it was something that you didn't really believe was going to really happy um but it was kind of sweeping you know through the, the athletic world at that point um i think at first off it started out as being well you know we're going to miss a couple weekends here let it die down and then within about i don't know 20 hours or so it became you know everything's going to shut down you know i mean you don't really ever anticipate something like that happening so, but I mean, I just, I told the players and I mean, it wasn't very easy, but I mean, at that point it just became, you're just going to try to do your job basically and try to take the emotions out of it. And that's kind of what we did and, uh, tried to, you know, just send guys off in a good uh, mental state so they could keep up with their schoolwork and also let them know it wasn't going to be the end of the world. And, 
you know, play again. It's just at some point, I don't know when. That's basically what's happened. It's just taken a while. So, but yeah, it was a tough, tough couple of days, man. Yeah, sure. And then um, let's talk about you a little bit. Since the first day you got the job back in June 2017, you've used yeah. the term build it in Blacksburg. To fans unfamiliar, what does that mean? Well, there was a lot of building going on at the time. I mean, the ballpark was being rebuilt. And, you know, the, the, actual, the actual baseball program was kind of in its own building stage where, you know, you're going to try to get the player personnel right, you know, maintain a stable coaching staff, um, try to build a, a bit of a culture, so to speak, like a new culture. Just like any coach would, I mean, regardless of sport, you're going to try to go build a, a new culture that players want to come into. And when you couple that up with a new ballpark and facilities that they were uh, building at the time, that's kind of where that whole phrase came from, I think. And then why Virginia Tech? You know, you've been around a uh, former head coach at Maryland, another Power 5 program. What made you decide to want to come to Virginia Tech? Well, there's a lot of things. What just one, one or two? I mean, um, when I first got to Maryland, we were in the ACC, and you know we had a good, we had a good run there, in 14 in the ACC before Maryland moved to the Big Ten. So I, you know, I had a lot of relationships in the league. I liked the league. It was obviously a frontline baseball league, which it is. And so I thought, man, if I ever had a chance to get back in the ACC, I would take a look at it if it was right. That was number one. Number two, that was from a professional standpoint. Also from a professional standpoint, uh, you know, just reading about Whit Babcock and what the plans were here for baseball in the new ballpark. When you combine that with, with the league, you know, it's pretty attractive. Uh, in 2014, when I was in Maryland, we played here in Blacksburg a three-game series. That was Maryland's last year in the league. And uh, it, was my, it was the first and only time I had ever been in Blacksburg. And, and I really enjoyed the weekend. And you know, I had just come off being an assistant at uh, Kansas State and lived in Manhattan, Kansas. And Blacksburg reminded me a lot of Manhattan, Kansas. Just it was a lot flatter. But same kind of place, you know. College town, good family place, uh, big football place, obviously. That was looking to do something special in baseball. So it was a pretty big uh, comparison there. And then lastly, just from a personal perspective, when I was living in Maryland, I, mean, I was traveling 45 minutes one way every day just to get to work. And College Park, you know, really wasn't a – you, know, you weren't going to live in College Park with your family. That's where you worked. We, we were living in Ellicott City at the time. So, you know, College Park, I'm sorry, uh, Blacksburg was more was clearly more of a family-type place um, where you could move with your wife and kids and see more of them. Like, I never got to see my kids when I was in Maryland. Hardly ever. Couldn't see them do anything because I wasn't that close to where they were. So it was a lot of things, you know. Um, but... Um, I just think that the major commitment that, that uh, Virginia Tech was making to baseball then and that they still do, it's become even more actually since then, um, 
and a lot of the other things they've done. You know, it, it really made the uh, the, the uh, decision not that hard, as hard as people might have thought it was. And then to segue off of that one into one more question before we talk about this year's team, uh, you guys have built, like you talked about multiple times, a sparkling new facility, you know, new stands, the party, you know, the, the, the suites, um, the food truck area down in the, uh, in the right field corner. You recently also just announced a new project involved with the Weaver Center. First off, what has this new facility meant to your program? And second of all, can you tell fans uh, what this new project is? Well, yeah, the facility has kind of, I think, put our program on par with the rest of the league. I mean, if you look around the rest of the league, the facilities are they're getting nothing but better. I mean, you know, there's there's two schools in our league that just put in uh, pitching facilities, you know, like we're like we're planning on. So it's like what we're doing. It's it's that's what the rest of the league's doing too. Um, so. Um, yeah, but but the stadium that they built and, and, and when they renovated renovated the Weaver Center with the clubhouse and, and they renovated the upstairs and there's a team room in there we can do a lot of our video and scouting work in there so I mean it really really separated the program dramatically from where it was at the time facilities wise the new project which is a work in progress is a combination of a pitching lab which is basically an indoor bullpen with all the technology you need to develop young guys and the other side would be a baseball weight training facility um, which is something that uh, again a lot of the people in our league have it that's just that's kind of the going rate so to speak in the ACC for baseball so it's just it's just two things that our program will, that will benefit from that it's it'll make Weaver which is currently a what I think is a player development center even more so. Um, it'll kind of take the current, uh, we have four turf cages up there now, it's about a 6,000 square foot um, area, it'll make that, we'll just dedicate that whole thing to our offensive side right now and get the pitchers in their own area. That's what, that's what the plan is to do. So. And then, so this year, you know, you do lose an Ian, an Ian Seymour, Carson Taylor, but you do have the Nick Bittisons, the Kevin Maddens, the Chris Gerrards back on the mound. Tell the fans yeah. at home, what has, what has been this offseason like with the challenges of COVID, and what is the day-to-day as a Virginia Tech baseball player like this year? What And then the big question, what do you really like about this 2021 team? Um, well, I mean, there's a lot to like. The player personnel is probably about as good as we've had it, as far as the talent level and um, the experience level. I mean, we have three fifth-year seniors that chose to come back, you know, uh, when they got their year back from COVID, so that was that's really helped us out with uh, Peyton Alford, Jason Hurd, and Tanner Thomas. You know, three of our better players, two pitchers in there. Um, you know, and then yeah, there is a lot of experience that returns. You know, when you talk about Matt and this and uh, Gerard, and there's plenty of other guys that are like that. So we, we have experience, but we're also very young. And what I mean by that is, so you have guys that are sophomores that were kind of regular guys last year, guys like Genther and even Hunter, for instance, Gavin Cross, that are that are technically sophomores class-wise, but they only played 15 games last year 
but like they played a full year. And then summer baseball for most guys got banged because of COVID. So as experienced and as talented as we are, we're still pretty unexperienced too. But I think every team in the league is dealing with the same thing, same type of thing. You might have teams with a little bit more talent or a little bit more experience or a little bit of both. But in general, I think most of the teams in the league will be very similar, which is good for the league, I think. Um, it just, it'll be the most challenging schedule that I've ever coached in college baseball with 36 league games and dealing with the ups and downs of COVID and weather. It's already starting that way, you know, with the weather we're supposed to get here this weekend. So, but I can't complain. We're in a lot better place than I, uh, than we could be at this stage of the game. Uh, our guys are healthy. You know, we haven't had any positive COVID tests, knock on wood, since we've been back to school in January. So we're about as prepared as we can be at this point, probably to play. And our guys have done a great job kind of working day to day to get ready. They, they just need to play against somebody else at this point other than each other. So. Yeah, and then you you know you obviously open with Kent State this weekend, but you you get to host in the ACC: North Carolina, Florida State, Boston College, Georgia Tech, Virginia, and Notre Dame. What excites you about having those opponent uh, opponents at English Field at Union Park? Well, I mean, it's a good schedule, obviously. Those guys are all good. they're all good. Um, it's just, uh, I mean. The, the, this, that, that schedule, it's, it's just a really challenging schedule. Like, it's not a – there's no pushovers. There's no easy games. Not that there ever is, but especially now, I just think that you're going to be constantly challenged in this league. And um, it's, it'll be a battle to to uh, keep your guys playing their best for 36 games and keep them healthy and hopefully having some luck avoiding, you know, COVID issues. Uh, there's a lot that's going to go into the season that, you know, if you're, if you're a casual fan on the outside, you might not really kind of see, you know what I mean? Um, but it's kind of been that way throughout the whole school year. So I just take it day by day, man. We just try to prepare our team, keep them healthy, um, uh, maneuver around the weather, and try to put your guys in the best spots that you can and while while you're keeping them in a good place academically. So that's it's really just a day-to-day battle, honestly. I, I don't after, – after a while, like with the way the schedule will be, like our non-conference schedule is very good too. Uh, and um, after a while, I don't think the name on the jersey will even, that you're playing against, it shouldn't even mean anything. Your you're, guys are going to almost play against themselves after a while because the, the opponent's good. They're always challenging. They might do a couple different things here or there, but in general, you're always playing against a good opponent. So you have to force yourself to be prepared and be ready to go because if you're not, someone's going to eat your lunch that day pretty much. And I know i got to let you run in a minute, so I'll, I'm going to sneak – actually, I'll just sneak one more in for you real quick since you got to run. But what is your message to fans heading into 2021 of, of Virginia Tech baseball? What, what would you tell fans heading into, into Friday afternoons again? Um, well, I think you're going to get an awful lot of effort out of our guys. I mean, they're going to they're going to show up. They're going to give their best effort every day. I think we have one of the more talented groups we've had since we've been here, for sure. Um, 
knock on wood, we haven't run into any major injuries yet. So I feel like we'll be in a good place to, uh, to be very, very competitive in, our, in, this, in this league and, and represent the university well. Um, it's taken a while to get our player personnel right. Every bit of three years, I think we'd have been in a good place last year if we uh, played the season. But uh, hopefully we can kind of pick off where we left off last March 12th and uh, and kind of kick it in gear pretty quickly. That's that's our plan, at least. I think you'll see an aggressive uh, bunch of guys that are just very eager to play because they, they haven't played against each other, I guess, another team in almost 11 months. Well, that is fourth-year head baseball coach John Sheff. Coach, thank you so much for stopping by during a busy week for you and giving some of your time. We really appreciate it, and uh, go Hokies this weekend. Yep, you're welcome. Thanks a lot. And a big thanks to Virginia Tech head baseball coach John Sheff for hopping on with us to preview Virginia Tech baseball in 2021. We weren't able to ask him every single question we wanted to. He um, didn't have a lot of time allocated for us, but we definitely appreciate his time coming on. And, and it was, he was a lot of fun to talk to, and we definitely wish them the best of luck this upcoming season. Virginia Tech basketball is finally back on either the men's or the women's side. Now, the men's are still postponed. Their upcoming game against Florida State has been postponed with a couple positive tests in the Virginia Tech basketball program. Now, I think there's – I can understand, I think, how there are some positive tests there. I guess we'll wait until some of that's released because I don't don't, don't want to really talk about COVID and all that stuff. But um, Virginia Tech basketball, their upcoming game against Florida State has been postponed due to COVID-19. Their next game is scheduled against Georgia Tech, which will be a big one at home, which will be next Tuesday at 7 p.m. against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Georgia Tech's a sneaky good team. So Virginia Tech will need to uh, be able to get back in a rhythm and, and uh, be able to knock off the Yellow Jackets if they... Um, they're playing for seeding in the NCAA tournament really at, that, at this point and, and in the ACC tournament as well. We'll see if they even play a game against Florida State. Both of those games were postponed. I doubt many of these postponed games are going to get made up, but we, we will see. But anyway, back to women's hoops because they're the ones who are playing. So we do get some hokey hardwood action back. Virginia Tech will host the Syracuse Orange this Sunday at noon in Castle Coliseum. Now, that one is on your regional sports network, Masson in Virginia, Maryland, and Fox Sports South in North Carolina, Florida. <laughs> North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida. I got ahead of myself there. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, this this is a good matchup for, for Virginia Tech. They've won four straight now, four in a row. They're on a roll, but they've been off for a week and a half, so I'm curious to see how they fare in this one. Now, Syracuse has also been off for a week and a half, so that's pretty coincidental. The Hokies come in 11-7 and 6-7 and six and seven overall. Back in the NCAA tournament field, according to Charlie Cream, ESPN Women's Basketball Bracketologist, Syracuse comes in. They're having a really good season. They are... Eight and four in the conference and eleven and four overall, good for fourth in the ACC right now. So they've had a pretty solid year. They've had a lot of virus stops as well. They've had to postpone. They've had to postpone games for other teams' issues. So um, they've had a little disruptive season, but they've had a pretty good season overall. Let's look at some stats for the Orange. Their most recent game, which was last Thursday, February eleventh, against Florida State, they lost sixty-seven to fifty-two. But we are going to look at some stats for Syracuse. Camila Cordorso led the led the Orange with 14 points. Tiana Mengaka, which I'm, I'm I apologize if I announced that one wrong. I believe she is the one who was um, K 
came back from breast cancer and is now playing again. So that's awesome for her. She scored 13 points. Kiara Lewis with 12 points. So those are your three right there. You got to watch out for if you're Virginia Tech. Um, some other names for the orange, Mieva Daji Tubaki with six points. Um, Priscilla Williams and Emily Engstler with two points as well. Amia Finkley-Gitti with two points and Faith Blackstone with a point. Some other girls that played in that one against Florida State, who you may see appear, was Talia Washington and Ava Irvin. So that is going to be it for really Syracuse. You're going to want to look out for um, Tiana. Uh, I'm just going to call her by that because I just followed her story a little bit. Up top at the point guard position for the Orange, she put up 13. Like I said, Camila Cordorso down low is going to be a threat, as well as Kiara Lewis down low is going to be a threat as well. She had 12 points in that in that loss to the Florida State Seminoles. Some more stats for, for Syracuse. That one, they had a pretty uncharacteristically bad shooting performance. 30% from the field and only 17% from three, 17 for 56 from the field, and four for 23 from three. They were 14 for 19 from the free throw line, got out-rebounded 40 to 38, but did out-rebound them on the offensive glass to 14 to 10. Had nine assists to their 15, seven to their three in blocks, eight steals to their 10. They turned the ball over 18 times. So that's a pretty alarming stat for you right there down at the Tucker Center. And Florida State turned the ball over 16 times as well. So really, that was pretty even, but really just a bad bad shooting performance by the Syracuse Syracuse Orange. And uh, they did not put on a a good show down at Florida State, but they have had a very good year. So um, I'm expecting uh, this to be a really good game. I think this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. And I think... You know, I think Virginia Tech has a chance to win. You know, both teams luckily are coming off that same period of pause, so there's no really competitive advantage there. But I'm looking forward to it. I think Virginia Tech has a shot to win this game. This will be their fourth straight win and really put them closer, you know, put them further into the field and off that bubble because Syracuse would be a very, very good win for Virginia Tech. So that one will be this will be this Sunday at noon on your regional sports network. So definitely make sure to catch some Hokies women's basketball. I'm really looking forward to that one. That would put the Hokies if they won this one at 12 and seven overall and seven and seven in the ACC, and that would be their fifth straight win. Now Syracuse that would drop them to 11 and five overall and eight and six in conference play. Both both teams have only lost in conference play. Now again, there wasn't a very long non-conference season, but that's an interesting stat there. Um, quickly through the the schedule for Syracuse, they did defeat Stony Brook. Um, I don't even know who that is. They must have. They must have defeated a uh, local division. Here it is. I got I got it up right here. So, um, well, I lost it. I'll come back to it. They defeated a local, the Lincoln, Pennsylvania Lions, which I believe is a Division three school in Pennsylvania. So there you go. So they they had a fill in game there. Um, then uh, they started, or uh, I'm sorry, they uh, played Penn State, won that one, eighty two to seventy two. Started conference play, defeated Miami on the road, lost to UNC on the road, defeated Boston College, uh, then defeated Miami again by well over thirty five points. Uh, then avenged the loss to UNC by defeating them at home, eighty eight to seventy six. Lost on the road to Louisville and Clemson, defeated Pittsburgh and Notre Dame, lost to Georgia Tech, who's having a very solid year in women's basketball and then defeated Wake Forest and Pittsburgh before falling most recently, like we talked about to Florida state. So that that's your rundown for Virginia tech Syracuse on Sunday afternoon. I know I rambled a little bit there, but that's a little good segue. No, a, a good segue. We'll, we'll move on from women's basketball. So hopefully the Hokies can get it done, but let's, let's move on to the rest of this weekend in Virginia tech athletics. We talked about baseball. They will open up, 
this Friday, weather pending against the Kent State Golden Flash at 4 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra, and then Saturday and Sunday as well. That Those are at 1 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra, and those will be taking place at English Field at Union Park. So John Sheff was high on his baseball team this year. Hopefully they can get off to a good start against Kent State before they will uh, host Radford next Tuesday at English Field at Union Park. That one will also be on the ACC Network Extra. And then they will immediately be tested going to, to going to Miami this that uh, the next weekend. Softball is also, is, uh, also in action. So we do apologize for being a little late on our softball coverage. Now, Due to all the crazy weather we've had in the United States of America right now, we've uh, they've had to move around some scheduling. So Virginia Tech softball is actually about to get in action right now as uh, they're recording this podcast. So by the time you're listening, they probably are in action. They are traveling to Clemson, South Carolina to face off against the Clemson Tigers. That one, the first one was today at 1.30 on the ACC Network Extra. But don't worry, you got a lot more opportunities to see them. Tomorrow, they have a doubleheader at noon and 2 p.m. So some interesting times for Virginia Tech softball. So you may be able to catch them at work. Um, those ones will be televised, well, streamed on the ACC Network the ACC Network Extra as well. Again, that one, those both are in Clemson, South Carolina against the Clemson Tigers. So, so a three-game set against the Clemson Tigers. They should be pretty good. I believe they were picked fifth or sixth in the preseason poll. I don't have it in front of me, but the Tigers, this is their first full season as a softball program. But I, I think they should be pretty good. Coach Moore told us that you can't expect these Clemson and Duke teams to come in on their first season and and be and not be very good. I mean, softball recruiting is excellent in the state of South Carolina and that re, that region of the country. So I expect the Tigers to be pretty good, so the, they should give the Hokies all they can handle in this series in Clemson. Now, Virginia Tech will have to turn it around quickly. They have a huge three-game set with actually Florida State this weekend, two on Saturday and one on Sunday. Uh, the ones on Saturday start at 11 a.m. It's a doubleheader. The second one comes up at 1.30. Streamed on the ACC Network Extra, the one on Sunday is coming up on 11 a, at 11 a.m. as well. That one is also streamed on the ACC Network Extra. Now, this is interesting. This one is actually going to get played at Georgia Tech in the ACC pods with travel restrictions and everything. They're trying to limit travel. So these games will be actually taking place in Atlanta, Georgia, Georgia Tech. So that, this, will, this will really be fun, and this is a very good early test for Virginia Tech softball. I, I hate to get Florida State this early in the season, but I think it should be fun. You know, both teams have to deal with the same things with working out their lineup and everything, but Florida State and Virginia Tech were picked one and two in the ACC preseason poll, respectively. Florida State comes in ranked 13th in the country, Virginia Tech 14th. So this is this is a very, very good softball series coming out this weekend. I'm looking forward to watching these on the ACC Network Extra the Knolls, they've been very good in softball for a very, very long time. And Virginia Tech, you know, like I said, picked one and two in the ACC preseason poll. This is a this is a chance to make an early statement early on in the season. Uh if the Hokies if the Hokies can take two or three in this series, now this is that's gonna be big time. You know, say they they take care of business at Clemson and, and they take two or three against Florida State, you're likely gonna see Virginia Tech softball in the top ten next week, which is quite remarkable for head coach Pete DeMore, you know, with the state of Virginia Tech softballs and when he got here and where he has taken them to. So big series against Florida State. They got to take care of business against Clemson first, but I'm really, really looking forward to this one against Florida State coming up this weekend. Virginia Tech lacrosse is also in action as well. Their most recent game against JMU is postponed due to COVID issues in Harrisonburg, but they do travel to Duke. The 12th ranked Blue Devils will host the Hokies in Durham, North Carolina this this Sunday, February 21st at 2 p.m., that one will be televised on the ACC Network. So if you're in the, the move for some Hokies lacrosse, flip on the ACC Network on your Sunday afternoon. 
Well, that's going to do it for episode 29 of the Gobble Up podcast. Thanks for bearing with us. I know there's uh, you know, men's basketball is on pause right now. Women's basketball is finally starting to get back to it. That was, but they never had any COVID issues. So, uh, but, but there's a, you know, a lot going on Virginia tech wrestling They're They're preparing for the ACC championships. And obviously all these spring sports are getting underway baseball, softball, lacrosse, and a lot of these fall sports are finishing up their season seasons in the spring as well. So there's a lot of, there's a lot to look forward to in Virginia tech athletics right now. So we appreciate you all letting us uh, pass that message along to you and uh, hope you all can tune into some baseball and softball this week on the ACC network extra, because I think it'll be a good weekend. And then Virginia tech women's basketball against Syracuse this Sunday afternoon. Well, for Paul Duncan, our producer, I'm Carter Hill, your host and a contributor to Fifth Quarter. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 29 of the Goblin Mutt Podcast, part of the Fifth Quarter Sports Network and presented by Duncan Moss and Blacksburg. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe with all the weather out there. We will talk to you next week and go Hokies.